Pastor Michelle Donatien coming to you from Michelle Donatien Ministries. And I want to encourage you with a fresh word from the Lord today. To Jesus be all the praise. Well, 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 hello, hello, hello. God bless you and welcome. I'm so excited to be with you here today. Today is the Monday, November the 30th, 2020 edition of our podcast. That's edition. (laughs) I'm really excited to be with you here today because today is the last day of the month. And on the last day of the month, I love spending time with the Lord and going in with prayer focus for the next month. And I really encourage you to do the same thing. You know, God is so faithful, and I believe that there is something scriptural about that. I don't think that it's just me and it's just the, what I like to do. The reason that I like to do it, or I should say I don't think that it's not, that it is without basis, biblical basis. I believe it has to do with a first fruit, going into the first day of the month, giving that time, that first time unto the Lord for that month. There's something special about it. Now, you can go into all kinds of, you know, well, the Hebrew month is really not the same as the Gregorian calendar. And you can say a whole lot of stuff, but you know, God knows that you're here and that what you're trying to do is give him the first of what you have. And he honors that. I know he does. I've watched him do it. And in my spirit, he always draws me to do it. So we're going to talk today about being connected with and staying connected with the Lord. My pastor always says, and I agree with him wholeheartedly, he says, Jesus is divine and we are the branches and all we have to do is just hang out on the vine. Stay tuned. Well, I'm just excited to be with you here today. You know, we're going to be talking about just hanging out on the vine. I love that analogy because it is so simple. You know, serving God, I know life, let's just say life can be very tough. I know. Things happen in life. Things go on. But it really is a simple equation, and we're going to break that down and talk about it today. But let's start with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person here today, and I ask you, Lord God, to give me the right words to say, and I ask you to prepare the hearts of each one of your people to fully receive the word that you have for them today. We thank you and praise you, and all God's people said, amen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, yeah, that's what my pastor always says, and I've taken it on as my own because I agree and believe All we have to do is hang out on the vine. Now, if you think about it, you know, it sounds really simple. And maybe you don't quite understand exactly what I mean. And let me explain a little bit more in a little more depth. You know, if you've ever seen a vine, a vineyard, then you'll see that the vine and the branches, there's no separation between them. The only time that there's a separation is when the bad branches are falling off, right? You know, the Bible even talks about that. The Bible even says that the Lord God prunes us. So he prunes the branches, the good branches. Have you ever had a plant? I've given this analogy a little bit before. I'm not a big, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about farms and things. I like to eat fresh fruits and vegetables. I know about the nutrition and the health, but 
I, I'm not a, I don't like farms, quite frankly, and so I've never really done a lot of research about it. But what I do know is this part. When I was a kid, my mother always had a garden. There were six kids, and she stayed at home for most of my life, uh, most of my childhood, I should say. Um, and um, so six kids, one husband working. You can imagine they had to pinch some pennies. And so having a garden was just wise. Plus the food was fresher. I don't know all the things my mother thought about it, but because we never really talked about that when I was younger. I just knew it was my job to do the weeding. And I hated that job. <laughs> Boy, did I hate that job. Me and my brothers would alternate. And I can't tell you who did what when, but I just remember we would alternate. So it was equal opportunity hatred for weeding those gardens. My mother had flower gardens and she had vegetable gardens. And I don't think the vegetable gardens were very big. I don't really remember them being very big, nor really the flower gardens, but I do remember doing more flower, more weeding in the flower gardens. That's really neither here nor there. It's actually kind of a fond memory now that I look back. As much as I hated it, it was just something I always remember my mother having. And I loved those flowers. They were very pretty. And the fresh vegetables and things that we had, I mean, it just was an example of the hard work that my mom put in to make sure we were healthy. So, you know, kind of fond memories. But nonetheless, I remember working in the garden. And I remember then later on when I had plants of my own. And I always thought, well, I should like the garden because all the women I knew, they would say, oh, I can't wait to get out in my garden. And so when I was a young 20-something, I thought, well, it seems like I should have a garden. You know, when you're young, you think you kind of compare yourself. At least I did. And I know a lot of other young people that compare themselves to others in their 20s or teens. So me in my 20s, I thought, well, all the women I know say that they really love their garden. So there must be something I'm doing wrong because I hated gardening. I just really did. I don't like dirt. So I would try to do it every year and I would plant a bunch of like pansies because I learned that pansies are very sturdy. And me not having been a person who seemed to be able to keep a bunch of delicate plants alive, I finally learned my final year gardening on me, the year I, the last year I gardened, I bought pansies and they stayed alive because they're very, very hardy. They don't die. You can't kill them. But I learned that even the plants in the house, the ones that I killed, okay, yeah, they died. But the ones that I did keep, because I really like plants, this is the irony of it all. The ones that I did keep were the hardy ones. And I learned how to take good care of them. I had a philodendron. And it was beautiful. It was really big and very healthy and rich and green. And it was beautiful. And I had a spider plant. I don't know what the, you know, if there's another term for it or what, but I learned how to take care of them. And the best way to make them beautiful and green and thick and lush is to prune them. And you take off the branch, the pieces that are not good so that the rest of the plant grows much more healthily. That's not grammatically correct, but you know what I mean. And it's the same thing that God does for us. The branches that are not producing any fruit, the Bible says that he cuts them off. He cuts them off because what happens is they're taking away from the rest of the healthy plants. So the body of Christ, he tells us, God says he will cut off those branches that do not produce fruit. 
But those that are producing fruit, he'll prune them. And what does it mean to be pruned? It means to be chastised, to be corrected. And I welcome that. It doesn't even hurt anymore when the Lord corrects me. It used to hurt really badly. First of all, I think we all go through stages. This is the stage, these are the stages I went through. Maybe, no, I think we all go through these stages. First, I didn't even know I needed to be pruned. I thought I was right about everything that I believed. Then I come to a place where I realized, okay, wow, there's a lot that I don't know. In fact, there's most that I don't know. And at that point, I said, okay, well, if the Lord is going to correct me, then, I'll, then he'll correct me. I'll let him correct me. I think, I think you can hear where I'm going here. So I would let him correct me. It was painful. I didn't really want him to do it, but I felt like, well, I'll oblige him. And then I came to a stage where I said, well, I learned in scripture that I need to be corrected. And so I looked at it like a spanking. I didn't want it, but he had to give it to me. And then I came to a more mature place in my walk where I looked for that correction. Now I ask him for that correction. Lord, please show me where I'm wrong. See, David prayed that kind of prayer. David said, making me a clean heart of God and remove and renew a right spirit within me. Making me a clean heart of God. He assumed there was something going on. He said, you know, look at me. I'm paraphrasing here. Look at my heart and see if there be any wicked way within me. He was saying, Lord God, there is no way that I've got it all right. I need you to examine. I need you to look at me and show me where I'm wrong. And then I need you to correct me. See, that's what I want now. Because I have gone for many years at a time doing things that were just out of order, were unbiblical, not realizing it because I was so wrapped up and I thought I had it together. There was no space for me to ask the Lord. And, and, and I wouldn't have asked him even if I realized it. Well, I would have at certain points in my life. But my point is, there was no room for him to come and tell me because I looked at it like a spanking, you know? Rather than that, let's look at this like pruning. The Bible says that. He prunes us. He cuts off the branches that do not produce fruit. But those branches that are producing fruit, he cuts off the parts that are not beneficial to that branch. So there's a little yellow leaf. When I had my philodendron, if there was a leaf that was starting to yellow, I would take it off. Or when I had my spider plant, if there was a, a, a part of the plant that seemed to be drying up or the leaves seemed a little bit dry, I would take that part off. I don't remember if I would snip it with scissors or pull it off because it's been so long since I've had it. But I remember I was taught that you pull it off. You look at your plant every day or every couple of days. You know, you water it. And if you see any leaves that look like they're not as healthy as the rest, you pull them off because they will take away from the health of the other leaves on the plant. And that, my friends, is what God does for you and I. So when my pastor says, just hang out on the vine, it means really a little bit, it means more. It means to let the Lord Jesus do his work. I have to tell you, I'm learning this myself on a deeper level. And I think I'll probably be learning it for the rest of my life. 
on a deeper level and a more deeper level and a more deeper level. And uh, I mean, a more deep level, if you will. I know that there's so much that I don't know. While yet there's so much that the Lord has taught me. Our life will never, ever be a time where we stop learning unless we've got pride in our heart. If you think you have it together, that's prideful. And you might say, well, what's so prideful about that? I live a nice life. I have these things. I'm organized. I've learned a lot. Well, pride comes in in that area because there's no room for you to allow God to show you where you've been wrong and where he can make things better. You see, I don't want to live the way I've always lived. Because listen, I've got a lot of, I've had a lot of stages where I thought I had it together, then I realized I didn't, and then I thought I was a complete wreck, and then I realized I wasn't a complete wreck because I was in, oh, I could go from one end of the spectrum to the other. But this is what I want to do today in my life. Just hang out on the branch, hang out on the vine. I never want to lose being connected with my Jesus, never. And I share this with you so that you never ever lose your connection with him. Always stay connected. Always read your word. Always spend time with him every single day. Always spend time talking to him, worshiping him. You know, I've learned that it's so much more important than I ever thought it was. And every day that I have with him, I realize just how much more and more and more important it is. I believe that as we grow, we learn so much more. There are going to be things when you stand before the Lord that I think you're going to think, wow, did I have that wrong? And you see, if you have a heart to serve the Lord and you don't want to hurt him, I don't believe that it's going to be something that the Lord is going to hold against you, meaning that you were in sin. It's just that he's going to show you things that he wanted to give to you or wanted for you that you just couldn't see. And I don't want to come there. I don't want to stand before him with that. I want, to, I want everything he wants for me. I, this is something I used to say. I used to feel like this. And, 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 and in a way, you might say, well, that's good, sister. That's good, pastor. But just hear me out. So I don't want from the Lord's hand. I want to just spend time with him. That sounds really holy, doesn't it? That sounds really great. Because I really believed that. I would say, I don't want from your hand. I just want you. Because there was a time that I was seeking his wisdom. Not seeking him, but just what he had. And I realized that was wrong. So then I went all the way on the other side and I said, I don't want what you have. I just want you. And that sounds great, except I came to a place where I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you have something for me, I want whatever you want to give to me. I want whatever you have for me, Lord, whatever it is. If it's healing, I'll take it because it is. If it's financial breakthrough, I'll take it because it is. If it's land and property, well, that's actually where the money is in the land and the property. I'll take it. If it's health and well-being and emotional stability for my family and a good relationship, I'll take it because that's what you said in your word. Whatever it is. Whatever God wants for me, I want. So you see, now I come and I sit at his feet and I just want to be with him. But I also thank him for everything he has for me. And I say, I agree with whatever you have for my life, Lord God. 
Whatever you want for my life, I agree with it. I receive it. I accept it. What you don't want in my life, I reject it in the name of Jesus. Lord God, take it out of my life. I don't want that. Whatever you don't want for me. Because I recognized a little while back that sometimes I can't tell what's good and what's bad for my own life. I heard another pastor say this. She's not. Well, I don't know if she's a pa- if she was a pastor or not. She didn't call herself a pastor. Catherine Kuhlman is her name. And if I think if she was alive, she and my pastor now would both be my pastors. That's what I would call them anyway. But she never called herself a pastor. But one of the things that she said was, um, you know, she said, I am not omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. I'm none of those things. I'm not all seeing, all knowing. She said that she realized that sometimes the prayers that she prayed, she was so glad God didn't answer them the way she wanted her to answer them, him to answer them. And I agree because there were prayers that I prayed early in my walk, but whoa, if the Lord answered those prayers the way I prayed them, oh my, oh my, that would have been, whoo, that would have been bad. So now I'm in a place in my walk and I just say this to you to encourage you that you will come to a place where you switch your thinking. If you haven't already, you might have already praised Jesus, but if you haven't, there's still time because you're alive. Praise the Lord. And you can say, you know what, Lord, I want whatever you want for me. Everything you want for me, I want it. Whatever you say, I want it. That means if you say I shouldn't have this, then I don't want this. And maybe you're saying to yourself, well, wow, pastor, that's not so easy because some of the things I'm not supposed to have, I still want. Okay. I understand. And I'm, look, I've been there. I mean, I, I, I have struggles too in my life. And I asked the Lord to take away those desires, take away the desire. Give me a desire for what you have a desire for Lord. Make me, making me a clean heart of God. Cause I don't have one right now. And renew a right spirit within me, O oh Lord, because something is wrong with what I'm doing. But God, you've got it all under control. You do, Lord God. And I want for my life what you want for my life. I want you to use me the way you want to use me. My life is for you. I give it over to you, Lord God. You. You. This isn't for me to go make my own plans. No, 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 no. Lord, I want to lay down my life and I want to serve you with everything that I have. Everything that I am. Everything. So as you listen to this message today, I hope that it makes you think about what God has for you and what you may have been missing. And then it's time for you to go to the word. And begin to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what am I missing? You see, that's a, that's a wonderful prayer. Lord God, will you show me what I'm missing? Will you show me where I've been wrong? Even if nobody said to you, oh girl, you're wrong. Oh boy, you're wrong. Brother, you're wrong. See, people don't have to say that to you. If you have a meek and a humble spirit and you want the Lord God to change you into the man or woman of God that he's called you to be, then you pursue him and you say, Lord God, make in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Change my heart, O God. Change my desires, O Lord. I lay down my life 
so that you, you will live yours through mine. So that when people look at you, they see Jesus. Not you, but Jesus. God bless you. Well, my friends, I hope and pray that you were blessed by that message today. I'm really, I I just get really excited that I get to spend this time with you. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me every single day. I want to thank you for being so faithful. You are supporting my ministry and I appreciate that. You know, you might be thinking, well, pastor, you're, you're sharing this with me, but it blesses me. It really does. I don't understand how it works, but I just feel so privileged. I know it's a wonderful privilege and a blessing that I get the opportunity to spend time with you every day. So I hope what I've said blessed you. That's my desire. My desire really is to strengthen the people of God. So if it blessed you, let me know. Give me a thumbs up or a like or send me a voicemail if you're on Anchor. Go to my website and leave a comment on michelledonatian.com. I always uh, upload my, uh, I upload the broadcast there as well. So, you know, leave me a message. Send me an email, michelledonatianministries at outlook.com. And let me know how this blessed you. I'm certainly blessed by your presence. And I know God loves your presence as well. So as we close here today, let's pray. We're going to pray for the persecuted church, and I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for everything that you've done here today. I lift up your people in the name of Jesus, your sweet, wonderful people, Lord God, and I ask you to open up their eyes. Let them receive what you have for them. Touch their hearts in the name of Jesus, Lord God, in every place. Meet every need in their lives, Lord. I lift up your persecuted Christians, your persecuted church, and I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to encourage them. Lord, send them creative ways to be encouraged, podcasts or, you know, MP3 files or things that I know in some countries have to be secretive and others that uh, it just has to be a secret station. But whatever way it is, you know how to meet the needs of each and every one of them. And we just pray right now. We stand in agreement together right now that you will meet all of their needs. We ask you to do it. We ask you to touch their hearts and encourage them, strengthen them, Lord God, and give them a love for you, all of us, a love for you like we've never had before. Make us people who you can trust, Lord God, with your ministry. We love and honor you. We give you praise and all God's people said, amen. And I plead the precious blood of Jesus over each and every one here today and over the persecuted church and over their families, their businesses and their finances and their properties and their uh, finances, their ministries, their jobs, over their realms of influence and their relationships, Lord. I plead your precious blood of Jesus over everything you've ordained for them in their lives. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. I ask you to enlarge their territories. In Jesus' name, Lord God, give them eyes to see. Remove the blinders, soften their hearts, and touch them in every area of need. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, thanks and amen.
Well, sweet people of God, I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. Tune in tomorrow for a new and fresh word from the Lord for you. This is Pastor Michelle Donatian signing off. God bless you and to Jesus be all the praise.